0: Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story, Sharon Swing.
1: Greetings, this is Sharon Swing. I am co-author, along with Sybil Towner of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. It's life mapping materials that help people sort out their story, what to take with, what to leave behind. It's for people... For life at the crossroads. Uh, and that's what a lot of people are experiencing right now. So we deal with the intersection of life story and spiritual practice. And I have with me here today Sybil Towner, my co author. Hi,
2: Sybil. Just great to be with you all. And great to be with you, Sharon.
1: Oh, this is always fun. So today we've decided um, to have a conversation about uh, prayer and kind of the expansive nature of prayer. But before I do uh, that, we'll, I want to tell you that we have a virtual coaching group to take people through all eight maps in the Listen to My Life process over a 10-week period. And um, September 8th is when we will be starting that particular new group for the fall. And we'd love to have you find out more. Go to onelifemaps.com and on the homepage there, just under the the banner headline, uh, you'll see the upcoming um, uh, events and, and all, and you'll be able to see a link to all of the information you need on that. So starting September 8th, virtual coaching group through Listen to My Life in community. It is a fantastic experience where people just have an amazing experience of spiritual growth and deep connection with some other people. So we invite you to join us. Okay, so prayer. So yesterday, Sybil and I were doing a facilitator equipping call, which is something that we do every month. If you're interested in, uh, in getting notifications on that, you go to onelifemaps.com under the become a facilitator tab and you put your email in there and then you get an email from us that tells you what our topics are. And yesterday we were talking about the life giving rhythms map from uh, the listen to my life uh, portfolio. And this is map number seven out of eight. And Sybil, so, well, you said something that that was really interesting because we're, we're kind of listing out a bunch of different spiritual practices because this map has a purpose of helping people to select spiritual practices for the next season of their life. And you made a comment about prayer. Do you remember what you said?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I remember the essence of what I said. The way I said it, I'm not sure I could say it again. But just that every spiritual practice actually relates to prayer. Um, uh, it's funny, when you think of prayer as relationship, and um, and you think of um, marriage as relationship, and often a young couple or an older couple, but when um, a young couple move into the same space with each other, in a marriage, they uncover there's no place they can go that something of the other is not there. And, uh, and I think that's a little bit about prayer. It, it starts small, and then it expands, and we begin to recognize that it's, it's all in all. And it takes in every facet of who we are, body, mind, and spirit.
1: I think that one of the things I've been keying in on lately is all the things and just these little phrases we say in Christendom that um, get us on the wrong track sometimes. Like uh, something good happens and we say God showed up as if he wasn't there when the thing went sideways. Yes. Because, wait a minute, he's everywhere all the time. Yes. And that's what you're referring to is this fact that that we may not be aware of God's presence and what he's up to, but he is closer than the air we breathe. There yes. really isn't anything we can do to escape his presence.
2: Yes. And that uh, little phrase you gave um, has a, uh, about um, when something good happens, we say God is there. Um, If we were in Africa or in a developing country, we probably wouldn't say that, and in some parts of America. But we're a country whose focus is on success and on achievement, and that's what we honor. And we say when life is going that way, it's going well, and it's one of the ways we can understand that our prayer has been shaped by our culture. Because if we were actually to go into the scriptures, you know, James begins his book, The Brother of Jesus, count it all joy when you meet various trials, for this is the proving and testing of your faith. And that's not the, uh, uh, the only place. Paul... Talks in Romans when um, in everything God works for good for those who are called according to His purpose. And anyway, we could we could just journey through the prayers and the Psalms and um, uh, and even the end of Genesis with Joseph. What men meant for evil, God used for good. Mm-hmm. Or God meant for good, so, uh, so I just think we have taken prayer into a cultural setting, which means we have um, downsized or sized God into our way of thinking.
1: Right. So, when we say prayer works, or um, God showed up, or um, it, it, it's, it kind of separates us from this idea that god is emmanuel god with us and he's and we can access our awareness of his presence regardless of what's happening that's better news than having a god that shows up sometimes (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes. Let me get. Uh, I mean, I just uh, had a conversation with someone yesterday around this very topic. And one of the things that uh, this person uh, began to just share with me, just kind of, he's at the end of the day. So let's just think you know, you've lived a day kind of near the end, and he's pretty disgruntled. Um, the day didn't go as he hoped. He started one project. Didn't get it finished, and uh, but he had another appointment, and he went to the next project, and that didn't get completed. And uh, it, anyway, it just was that kind of litany. And here he was, and then at a point, uh, he he was in this place of um, coming into our conversation, and he said, "I just need to catch my breath," and I said. That's really it. That's really it. Let's stop. And I said, all right, let's take God in. That's the beginning of your breath. Now, let's take your concerns, breathe them out. And I said, I wonder if you were able to exercise that as you came to, you had an expectation uh, of finishing a project and it wasn't done. So at the end of that partially completed project, catch your breath, breathe God in and let the incompletion breathe out and you'll come back to it and enter the next project that you did the best you could. And it was so interesting from the sort of angst of the beginning conversation to when he said, catch my breath, he slowed and actually relaxed in his uh, in his voice, and so I just think that sort of highlights a little bit of what you said. But it's so simple, mm-hmm. breathing. You said, "Emmanuel, God with us." If you and I are breathing, God is with us, mm-hmm. and even when we stop. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Romans Romans fourteen says. God is not only the God of the living, but he is the God of the dead. Mm-hmm. Just sit with that and ponder that. That is a pretty profound statement to live with. Yes. So um so anyway, I just I I, I think that, that is that that's the first thing we come into this world with. We are so happy for the cry of a baby because it says they have breath. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to talk about sort of the beginnings of prayer, you have this aspect, the first 18 months or that of attachment. And the only way a child knows who they are is through their mother or their key caregiver. And, uh, and, and so they mirror, they mirror their, their caregiver and give back. And so we're hot from God's hand. We're mirroring back. And if someone is growing up in a place where God is spoken and alive, you, you'll you hear the first words um, of, thank you, God, or um, what are you, well, with a young child, you, wouldn't, you might not say what are you grateful for, but what would you like to say thank you for? What would you like to ask God for? What would you like to tell God about your day? And, and you start with words, and those words get expanded into sentences, and they happen at particular times of the day, often at night. You know, one of the famous prayers um, that um, we've either read about in a book or said ourselves is, now I lay me down to sleep it was I don't it's know if a very you very
1: strange prayer to
2: I teach a kid it is i know <laughs> Why don't i know you say
1: the whole thing
2: oh and now i lay me down to sleep i pray the lord my soul to keep if i should die before i wake i pray the lord my soul to take and they've actually changed somebody's changed the um the words on that but it's it's actually facing the darkness mm-hmm. um and and uh, uh it is um uh Anyway, it, it yeah. is odd.
1: Yeah, I mean, to, to, to open up the idea in a kid's mind right before they go to sleep, I could die while I'm sleeping, um, is, you know, it, it's so funny when somebody actually said that the first time. Um, I was just like, oh, for goodness sakes, that prayer has been rotely said without thinking about it.
2: But see, a, a child, yes, but a child has the capacity to not be as afraid of that than an adult because they have the capacity to trust. And we have lost a piece of our capacity to trust through the circumstances of life and uh, somewhere in our own story. Mm -hmm. You know, and a part of our work in listen to my life and that whole prayer journey is really, reintroducing the God who is. I mean, when you say that byline, recognizing and responding to God in your story, then it's a rebuilding of trust. There's nothing, there's no place in my story that he was not present. So even in our maps, if you want to talk about prayer, they're all about story. So I'm going to, I, I'm going to tell, talk to God about my current life. What I'm thinking about, what's causing restlessness? There's nothing. There's nothing off the board, and we may not have sort of collected everything, but we've really collected the the nuances in that. And what's the question that I keep asking myself, others, and God? And I can't seem to get a a resolution or a uh, a next step to it. And you know, I think God is in that, but when we begin to name it, and then we sort of carry that that through in our prayer life, and we look back at the whole of our story, which to me is a spiritual practice in in fact you've you've talked about uh, Sharon's story as spiritual practice mhm just know?
1: becoming aware of our own stories and this idea that um spiritual practices help us be self-aware and god-aware and a lot of times the god-aware part is pretty darn tough if you're not somewhat self-aware cuz right. you're oh, probably it's... just saying rote p- prayers if you're not self-aware what are you talking to god about <laughs> yeah.
2: right one of our and and one of our quotes there is the unexamined life is destined to repeat itself and so uh, so our work is to actually notice a God who has been present to us in every single moment of our life. Right.
1: Yeah. I I want to go back to the unexamined life is destined to repeat itself. Um, Don't let that one fly by. Please listeners, because of the fact that the unexamined life, that's the life of being unaware but is destined to repeat itself. It's it's kind of like when you find someone that is trapped in the same cycles, sometimes very self-destructively or can't seem to get traction in life or whatever else. And then, you know, the wise man Yogi Berra once said, no matter where you go, there you are. Yes. <laughs> and so <it's, No. laughs> this self-awareness piece is essential. Even if Christians happen to say things like, um, forget yourself. It's yes. not meant to be like, oh, I just want to be God-aware without being self-aware.
2: Right. So you're saying, in some ways, that unexamined life, it's going to keep going round and round. Um, and and what one uh, person, uh, David Gribner wrote, he said, we just uh, describes a person who follows their shadow. And they relentlessly get up every morning and they begin to follow their shadow. And they follow the same course, might vary a little bit differently due to the seasons and the change of the sun, but they wind up at the same place. And, uh, and this is a, just a story um, um, to uh, help you consider um, really a spiritual practice. And this person hears a voice yeah, it very distinctly feels it's a voice, and the voice says, "Stop it." And he's he's really he's he's sure he's heard it, and he gets up the next morning and he follows, he follows his shadow again, but he can't get rid of that voice, that said, "Stop it," and the possibility that there was another way to live. I mean, just it. it 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 just began to emerge a little piece of hope in him and and he he went to sleep and the next morning when dawn came he 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 just didn't even he faced into the sun he 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 didn't even know what happened and it was tough not ke- keeping that shadow behind him but he moved into that during the day and and then he began to see there was direction for his life and i really think that 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 is just another way of expressing the unexamined life so if prayer is to become uh we said the word expansive but more deeply relational mm-hmm. then we we have to move away from it just being about what we say. Mm-hmm. We have to move into being about what someone else is trying to say to us, and not just in words.
1: Yeah. So there's there's another thing that Christians say is uh, saying our prayers. Did you say your prayers? Um, and, I, you know, growing up, I don't remember prayer being about listening um, as it was spoken about.
2: So, yeah, so what do you, one of our key works in this work of Listen to My Life is listening. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it is actually the only way you can really hear the other person. And so listening is setting yourself aside. It is is allowing yourself to actually be a listener with a, a movement of value towards that other and I'm thinking of, a, of another person, but it would also be towards God that we stop. And, um, and the practices of silence, of solitude, of stillness are the absolute beginning of that listening prayer. You know, when, when you uh, open, I mean, I've listened to you many times, but you open a group and you have, prepare them to listen, you invite them to be sit in silence before someone speaks. Mm-hmm. And it sets the space for listening. Um, I'm trying to remember the quote um, that you um, fashioned. Um, listening... Oh,
1: listening is the art of creating space for God to do his heart, his work in the heart of another.
2: Okay. So what is the work? This is prayer. What is the work that God wants to do in the heart of another or of me, of you? He Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in the context of Listen to My Life, we set up these maps where you do self-reflection and you and you write, doodle, or draw onto these maps. Um, so there's a level of, ref, of self-reflection. There's another expression of self-reflection as we write it. But then as we share it with someone else who is using listening guidelines, trained to be silent, but doing a whole lot of stuff with that silence in terms of being attentive and refraining from fixing and rescuing and advising and all kinds of different uh, things that we ask them to do and and to just bring the speaker to God in prayer that just the Holy Spirit, would you please help them to hear themselves and to hear you?
2: So we are getting out of the way.
1: Exactly. But somehow or another, we're just, our presence helps, hold the space for another person to be able to do that, to hear themselves and to hear God. And I mean, how many times have have I listened to someone, and I know you have too, where they say something um, and then it's like, all of a sudden they've heard themselves say it. They kind of catch themselves saying something that is either profound or like really messed up or
2: <laughs> well or it has no it's really come up from their self-conscious it from their unconscious it has had room and space and safety to be revealed mm-hmm. it has been being held down all right so so that listening together is prayer mm-hmm. you ask the that that expansiveness. I had um, a friend, she had seven children, and each week she would take 15. 15- yes. For a person who has
1: one, that seems like.
2: <laughs> it's a lot. And, yes. and uh, seven children, and she would take each one 15 minutes each week. And she had a little, like under your stairs there, she had uh, a little prayer closet. There was a little you know, lower closet and she fixed it into a a prayer space and she and that child would go in together and be quiet with God. And her life, she was Uh, really uh, focused on a life of prayer, and it is a uh, gift that she gave to um, each of her children. Some of them received it happily. Some of them did not receive it as happily, but they would probably, each one tell you today in their 40s and 50s, that it was a true gift of relationship relationship with their mother a relationship with god and even a relationship with themselves but uh, when we were talking about prayer and we did just at the beginning said okay we be had nighttime prayers or i would say i would tell people within families or even if they live by themselves or with others but have some formal times that you pray um before meals um Uh, At bedtime, when you wake up, because if you will create formal times of doing something, then you will begin to do it informally. But if you don't do it someplace formally, you will forget to do it informally. Mm -hmm. Because the press of the culture will push it away. And I'm not talking about bad things in the culture. I'm just saying the press of life will have you forget it. So the formality of a given time is incredibly valuable. Uh, But it is just a start. It's just a start. And so then you have somebody like Ignatius who really began with a start. You know, he just began out of an injury, reading this, the uh, New Testament and the stories of saints, and he began to notice some things in himself, but it wasn't all day, and he noticed conflicting kinds of feelings, probably the father of modern psychology, so but nobody would name that. But then, as he grew and expanded that life of prayer, one of the earmarks now, in his later years, that that the Ignatian exercises and movement are known for is seeing God in all things. So it doesn't matter what it is. It's seeing God in all things, that there is no place he is not. And so that's... That's actually what we try to do in reflecting on our stories. Then, in reflecting in a practice like reviewing my days, and what you started out with, life-giving rhythms, setting into patterns some some practices that really allow us to notice and respond to God. And right.
1: yeah, in the in the uh, life-giving rhythms map there's, there are some extra pages here. Um, The map itself has some great questions to help us name our desire for our relationship with God, um, times when we felt closest to God, how we've, how we're currently connecting with God and all, which are great questions. But then there's this um, piece in the, in the center, this full page spread here that talks about um, selecting spiritual practices for the next season based on your desires or and also the possibility of, of uh, um, selecting spiritual practices for the next season of life based on negative patterns. So it has a lot of things listed here as spiritual practices that people, a lot of times, they, they didn't know there was a practice called that. Um, and we, also, we often refer to Adele Calhoun's uh, the spiritual disciplines handbook and in fact i've interviewed uh, adele on the one life maps podcast so um, in the show notes we'll put a link to that episode but here are these listings of i don't know there's probably at least you know 60 different spiritual practices listed here And the premise that you were talking about, that all of it is is based in prayer in one way or form or another. So um, so there's worship, teachability, simplicity, Sabbath, rest, um, mentoring, journaling, fasting, discernment, um, devotional reading, accountability, service. So... Say a few words about how those, maybe pick up a few and say, how are those prayer?
2: Well, um, one, you could take um, as a Sabbath. Uh, a Sabbath is remembering who you are and to whom you belong. Because uh, we are doers. God has built us to do work, but when we take no extended period of rest, whether it's at night or a day, a half a day set apart, um, the uh, the doing creates a life of its own, and we forget who we are. And when somebody burns out, they've forgotten who they are. They've forgotten they're a person with limitations. Uh, they are forgotten. They're a person who, who thrives under some relationships, and uh, and they've forgotten to whom they belong. Their company owns them. Their family owns them. Somebody owns them, but it's not God. Or yes.
1: I, I think there's a lot of things I have to do to be okay. Yes. Um, and so it's an invitation to experience grace for a day. Yeah. So, so as pra- as a, as, as prayer.
2: Yeah. But so it's, you? yeah. So it means, you know, a Sabbath is God today. I'm not going to do laundry. I'm not going to, I'm just going to hang out with you. So maybe I'll take a walk. Maybe if gardening is not a chore to me, I'm going to be in the garden. Um, Maybe because that's I'll, where I notice. God. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm going to take my camera and just go to a park and notice things you've made. Notice people that you have created and just revel in it. Um, uh, You know, maybe I'm just going to linger in a portion of your scripture. Uh, But there is, but I am going to cease the normal course of work. And I'm just, uh, the the younger ones would call it, I'm going to chill. But I'm just going to hang out with you. This is what, you know, people love to do with each other. Can we just come and hang out and be with each other? And sometimes they don't press each other on being real with each other, but they want to be in each other's presence. And so this is you and I saying, Lord, I want to be in your presence and I'm gonna stop doing all the other things that I'm distracted by or that I need to do, and it's just you and me. Um, that's what happens to a um, parent and child, a, a couple of uh, uh, good friends who say, could we, go, could we go have a long walk together and just be with each other? No other agenda and that's why the sabbath was given for man not man for the sabbath so that's that's a place of prayer because prayer is relationship mm-hmm. so it's and, like okay where can i escape from your presence
1: <laughs> is is, no. is is in the scriptures and this idea this expansive picture of the omnipresence of god and us not outside of where God is. It it just, it's, it's, it's almost just like a, um, dealing with the reality that prayer is always possible because God is always present. And, and, and so what am I, if I'm in God's presence all the time, then what isn't prayer?
2: Yes. You're right, and but and the and I think the big issue becomes, is the core is if you want to call it the core sin or the core place that we are tempted and attached away, is that we want to be like God, mm-hmm. and so, so then when we say that, well, then we say if we want to be like God, we're saying we have no need of you, God. We'll work it out, and we edge him out of of uh of our life which is the edging god out spells ego right and and just this idea that um you know, this
1: this subtitle that we chose recognizing and responding to god in my story it's actually dealing with the reality that god is present all the time yes and and sometimes our stories uh have more influence over our decisions and, and reactions and actions in life than God does because of the fact that we haven't figured that part out. We haven't figured out how to recognize and respond to God in our story overall, but also in this moment. Yes. And um, we when we forget, that's when that God is yes. always with us. That's yes. when we get and, ourselves... In a little bit of trouble
2: yeah and we do close out prayer often in in certain situations in our life where we feel god was not present Mm -hmm. Uh, the expectations of life did not happen to us the way we thought they would and i've had people who thought if i go to church if i read scripture if i do this nothing bad will happen to me
1: that's the contract yeah and that you think is uh, there
2: Yeah, and then something bad happens and you say, all right, no more God. That door is closed, uh, that experiment is done. And so then life goes on and a new path is created. But the thing is, that isn't the end of the story and that's actually why we invite people to reflect back, to to re-notice that that action of ours Never stopped God from wanting to be with us
1: or being with us anyway,
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: it's a it, and and really, the basis of that is is a is a skewed picture of who God is, where God is, how he operates, and his desire to be with us in all things I mean life has peaks and valleys for everyone. And um, if we start to believe that God isn't with us, um, sometimes because things aren't going how we thought they would, um, that's a picture of, uh, of a God moving away from us and toward us and in in random kind of fashion. And that's not the God that's described in the Bible. And that's not the God... Um, who we experience when we enter into this. um, Sometimes I say, you know, you kind of, people kind of have fallen down, fallen in a rabbit hole and they find out the territory is pretty nice. (laughs) When they, when they kind of wake up to this idea that, wait a minute, there's more than what I thought there was to this whole idea of God and being in relationship with him. Yes. Than I thought there was.
2: Uh, but there in 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 the midst of that and you and I've talked about this there is incredible pain there is incredible pain in our world and so um uh, so really a sturdy and honest conversation with god he longs for that mm-hmm. let's really you know have it out tell me how you really feel i can handle it mm-hmm. um your honesty and so again that's a part of that that growing up in our in our experience of god in our knowing god in knowing how well we are known how fully we are known that we will always only know in part but we are fully known and so when we keep entering that space it it is a continuous work of surrender uh, of surrendering to our image of God that we have loved and held on to, but that is not big enough. And surrendering to an image and truth of who God is that is wilder and better than we can imagine. How true. I mean, there's...
1: Um... People that have gone through the virtual class and and have had the opportunity to do some imaginative prayer with a lot of times what happens in the midst of that is we think is we have these questions that that cause a lot of angst in the midst of our stories. And <clears throat> people come to a realization that the question wasn't ridiculous or stupid or they were just kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And um, it was important. So irrelevant doesn't seem to capture it, but it like they were thinking on one plane, but God was working on another. Yes. Didn't show up how they thought he would.
2: Yes. Well, and that, uh, that's true. I described the, uh, I described the story of, of Joseph. You know, you would have thought one uh, there was a work on one plane, but there was also a work on another plane, and uh, and that's that story is repeated many places. Something before we sort of um, finish uh, this partial conversation. Okay, we've we've entered a conversation that <clears throat> is much uh, bigger than uh, the moments we have given to it. But it's something that you uh, went uh, spoke about earlier, Sharon, is prayer is deeply connected to desire. And um, I was in a retreat center at Gethsemane, and the, uh, the priest that spoke asked the question, what's going to make me long for you? I mean, that has to do with desire. And Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And a part of our issues with desire is that when we were younger, and let's look at the first 15, maybe even a few more years, when we asked for something or desired something, what was the answer given to us or not given to us? And that often shapes the way we go or don't go with who we are and what we desire to God until we get that sort of sorted out and release that from um, from our past. But desire is essential in this aspect of relationship. And God doesn't make us relate to him. He invites us. And we have to respond.
1: It's a good place to wrap that up. So I hope you've enjoyed this, this conversation about the expansive nature of prayer and how connected it is to our picture of who God is and um, what our relationship can look like um, with God in the midst of that. So in the show notes, we'll put some uh, resources here. Uh, And I hope you'll check them out. I hope you'll consider joining us for the uh, Listen to My Life virtual coaching group that starts September 8th. We would love to have you join the community of people that are going to journey through it together. And also on our website at onelifemaps.com, you can check out all of the upcoming um, virtual Um, mini retreats or mini workshops that we're doing, usually about an hour and a half long or so. And we're doing most of them as a pay what you want. So you can enter any dollar amount in or nothing at all. Um, We'd like to have you join us. We don't want to create any barriers to people being able to join us um, with some of those. And um, one of them we're doing repeatedly these days is called Roots. And it's a Uh, reflection on race themes in our story, themes of race, and um, applicable to anyone of any of any race or color. And it just helps us to understand the stories we have been handed along the way and what we might want to take with us and what we might want to leave behind um, in those ways. And they have been incredibly wonderful times of reflection individually and then um, in small group with three people just sharing a piece of um, what we've been reflecting on within the 20 minutes of of self-reflection and it's been a beautiful and wonderful thing and you know when Sybil and uh, Joan Kelly um, and I were talking about the the recent focus, the inflection points that have happened regarding the conversations on race um, that are all around us right now. I thought, what can we do? What can we contribute? Um, what kind of action that we can, can we take? And we started talking about, you know, here we are working at the intersection of life story and spiritual practice and listening and to be able to create an experience where, in a space where people can join in and just have a conversation about race themes in our own story. Basically, um, that's what we intend to do, that's what we do. We want to do this in a way that um, other people can take the material that we have um, been gifted by Ashley Island, who came up with the questions, we've created the format uh, by which we're doing this, so the the facilitation plan more or less. So we want to invite you into it, but also if you're interested in hosting conversations like this, we want to be able to offer to you um, what we have done, so maybe it can multiply, so people in your circle can be invited into that conversation too. So please check out Um, the onelifemaps.com website and take a look at roots and see when the next um, event is scheduled for. And please um, sign up, spread the word. Um, If you, by the way, if you, if you get on the website and you're not on our mailing list, um, uh, just request the Listen to My Life introduction booklet is a free download that'll put you on our list. And uh, then you'll be getting notifications of the upcoming events by email as well. So Sybil, thanks for the conversation. It was really wonderful. I
2: appreciate mm, it. It um it was very heartwarming to me to not only um speak about it, but to see how deeply embedded that relationship with God is in the work that we're in in Listen to My Life. So that was that just felt like a good gift to receive.
1: Yeah, it was. So Welcome to the community. Those of you who are new to One Life Maps, please um, join us. Subscribe uh, to, the, to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Spread the word if you don't mind. Um, you can rate and review um, and comment on the episodes. That helps get the word out to other people as well. So we always appreciate those. So have a great week. Um, go ahead and binge our podcast. You know, you might be done binging on Netflix, but you might not have finished binging the One Life so many blessings, everyone. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.
0: This podcast is sponsored by onelifemaps.com, creators of unique visual life mapping materials titled Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your Listen to My Life portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S.com. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can help support this podcast and the work of One Life Maps by supporting us on Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com slash onelifemaps to pledge $5 or more per month and get weekly audio meditations to help you recognize and respond to God in your story. Thank you for tuning in to the One Life Maps podcast. Until next time, make the most of this one life that you've been gifted.